Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, NCLEX High Yielders. This is Dr. Zeeshan, and I'm the host of NCLEX High Yield Podcast, where we will be giving out daily content for your exam, tips and tricks that the boards love to ask, and overall general information on how to study, what to study, and complex topics broken down for you. Whether you're a first-time test taker or even a repeat test taker, we have helped people across the globe pass their NCLEX exams, so do not give up and get motivated. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and also visit our Instagram at NCLEX High Yield, at NCLEX High Yield, where you can DM us questions so we can answer them on the podcast. Also, check out our website www.nclexhighyield.com and subscribe to receive a link to our weekly free Zoom session. Free Zoom session where I drop all types of content, break down complex topics and make them easy for you to understand every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. See you guys then. Take care. Prioritization. What am I concerned about when I talk about prioritization? Well, it's one of the five types of questions, right? We've got select all the apply. Then we've got the freebies, which I talk about, either you know it or you don't. You got the further intervention, teaching, understanding moments, and then you got your math and your your order questions. But then the fifth type of question that we've got is the one that I call the freaking out about. Why do I call it the freaking out about? Because these are the questions that end in priority, first, initial, immediate, most concerning, urgent, report to HCP, All of these things say the same thing. What are you freaking out about? All four answer choices are going to look great, but there's one that you're freaking out about. I use that hyperbolic statement because of the fact that all four of those patients are really going to be ones that you're going to see at some point. But again, there's one that you're freaking out about. That's why all my students are holding up a sign. What am I freaking out about? I figured out that there's five types of questions on this exam. Then further into the prioritization, I figured out that there's eight different scenarios that you're looking for. Eight different things that you're freaking out about. Now, they're not going to give you these straightforward, but they will fall into one of these categories 90 to 95% of the time. What are those prioritizations? What are the ones that you're going to see first, initial, priority, urgent, most concerning, report to HCP immediate, they all ask the same thing. One of the eight, look for them. 90 to 95% of the time, you will find one of the eight first and foremost, bar none above all the others, is airway. They're not going to give it to you straightforward. However, they will give you a clue or they will give you a situation that this person has an airway that is compromised. How about this person is using accessory muscles? How about this person has asthma exacerbation with an O2 sat of 89%? How about a PE, pulmonary embolism? How about opioid overdose? 
or a respiratory rate of eight. How about somebody who's post-op and now has some swelling around the throat? Maybe they had a thyroidectomy and now they're swelling around the trachea. What about somebody that took an ACE inhibitor and now has developed angioedema? These are all things we're freaking out about. They're all airway, airway, airway. They're not gonna give you something straightforward. They're going to say, hey, this is airway, find it. We're not gonna fall for the person whose COPD is 90%. That's expected. If something is expected, we're not freaking out about it. Are we gonna take care of that patient? Absolutely. A person that has bacterial pneumonia who has a fever of 100, 102, that's expected. They've got an infection. They're not septic, they've got an infection. Don't fall for the ones that are expected. Don't fall for the ones that say mild or moderate or somebody that got hit in the head and then now walks in to the ER or somebody who's got an O2 set of 90% but is just sitting there watching TV. So what? So what? I'm not freaking out about it. If a kid comes in and they're drooling and they have a strider, now I'm freaking out. What's going on? That's not supposed to happen. It's unexpected. Airway, number one. Two through eight are interchangeable. Find them. Okay? So two, sepsis. Again, in no particular order. Two, sepsis. Three, hemorrhage. Four, any changes in potassium. Five, peritonitis. Six, altered mental status. Seven, hypoglycemia under 70. And eight, if you see the word lethargic or lethargy in a peds patient, we are freaking out. So let's talk about these other eight. Sepsis. So I just talked about bacterial pneumonia. Dude's got a 102 fever. So what? They got pneumonia. What about a person who's post-op now has got redness around the incision site and has a temperature of 100.5, 100.5. Their blood pressure is 84 over 52. Their heart rate's 120. They're septic, 100%. For the sake of the boards, 100.4 is the cutoff for fever. Under 100.4, we're not freaking out about it. With sepsis, you can also go hypothermic where their temperature is under 96.8. So you got 96.5 patient with the same BP and heart rate. Well, they're septic. Again, unexpected. We're not supposed to see somebody post-op that has purulent discharge and erythema around the incision site or near the, the surgery site. And now they've got fever. They've got decreased blood pressure, they got increased heart rate, well, they've got the triad, okay? They may not give you all of those, but look for the one that's unexpected, that's unexpected. A little bit of a tangent from the prioritization, what do we do in this situation? What do we do in this situation? Are we gonna give them antibiotics or are we giving them fluids? Trick question, fluids. Always give fluids. What good is antibiotic if this person is tanking and I cannot perfuse all the organs in the body. Push fluids, get that blood pressure up, get that heart rate down. Now we can treat them with antibiotics. Do not let them tank. Number three, hemorrhage. Okay. 
Hemorrhage can come up in various forms. What if this person has a blood pressure of 210 over 110 and now has blurry vision and can't speak properly? Hemorrhagic stroke. How about somebody who had a valve replacement and now their chest tube is, you know, got 300 mLs in the last hour? Hemorrhage, post-operative post hemorrhage. What about an ectopic pregnancy that has hemorrhaged or ruptured hemorrhage? And so all these various things show that this person is hemorrhaging, MVA hemorrhaging. What do we see in hemorrhage? We see decreased blood pressure, increased heart rate, similar to sepsis, just without the fever. What are we going to do first? Are we going to transfuse them because they're hemorrhaging? Or are we going to give them fluids? Again, fluids, don't fall for it. Easy points, don't fall for it. Because the first thing that we do is give fluids to people. We start an IV line and we give fluids. Get that large bore IV access, not a 22 gauge. It's another question on the boards. Maybe a 16 gauge or an 18 gauge and get that access so we can start pushing fluids. All right. Altered mental status. How about somebody in the last hour or suddenly acute onset? Little clue words. Now is unresponsive or is having a seizure or cannot communicate with the, with the practitioner. Altered mental status, right? Why is this happening? Unexpected, this person tanked. And now in the last hour, they're unresponsive. Maybe they got an underlying infection. Maybe they've got you know withdrawals or whatever it is. Something we're freaking out about. Altered mental status. Changes in potassium. Why are we concerned about that hypo or hyperkalemia? Well, if you guys watch my EKG lecture, you'll see that potassium controls the ventricles. And anytime we have changes in potassium out of that 3.5 to 5 range, we are at risk of developing lethal cardiac dysrhythmias, most notably ventricular fibrillation. That's an automatic unsynchronized shock. Get them out of that arrhythmia. Changes in potassium, boom can get them right into that ventricular fibrillation. Next one, hypoglycemia. Anytime a person's blood sugar drops below 70, whether they've accidentally downed too many glyburide pills or glipizide pills, maybe they gave insulin too frequently, they're tanking, they will become comatose, they will have an altered mental status, they will become absolutely unresponsive and potentially go to respiratory depression and die. Sort of freaking out about it. This NCLEX High Yield Podcast is brought to you by Immunacy. I-M-M-U-N-A-C-Y. Immunacy.com. Immunacy is an immune system booster formulated by doctors and pharmacists. This team of MDs, PharmDs, DOs, and PhDs have put together a proprietary formula with the highest quality ingredients to keep you in your best health. All natural, gluten-free, zero sugar, vegan, no GMOs, and fully bioavailable. Stock up now to keep your immune system at its best. Immunacy is now available at immunacy.com. Check them out. And now, back to the podcast. All right. So we've covered sepsis, altered mental status, hemorrhage, changes in potassium, airway, and hypoglycemia. So what are the last two that are left? Well, we've got the lethargy in PEDS patients, right? They're not going to just show up with the child and say, hey, this is what's wrong with them. 
Instead, they're going to say, my child is not responding. They're not acting the same. They seem lethargic. Lethargy in a patient, especially when they're pediatric, we are freaking out about it. They cannot tell us what's wrong. So that word, when you see it on the boards, is one of the eight that we're freaking out about. Child gets honey under the age of one. Now they come in lethargic. Uh-oh, botulism. Maybe child abuse, shaken baby syndrome. Now they've got increased intracranial pressure and now they're lethargic. So you've got to see all these different scenarios and situations where they can present and then you see those words and you find that situation. That's what's important. Lastly is peritonitis. Anytime we see perforation, diverticulitis, colitis, appendicitis, anytime we see that peritoneal signs, that abdominal rigidity, rebounding, guarding, pain radiating to the back because of some sort of perforation, we are concerned that this person has peritonitis. So look for those, look for those eight and you'll see them, look for them. They're not gonna say hypo or hyperkalemic and say this person has a potassium of 3.0. They're gonna say this person has muscle cramps and has been taking furosemide or this person's on a thiazide and now they have muscle cramps. Yeah, that's screaming hypokalemia. They're not gonna say this person is septic, they're gonna give you the triad or maybe even just two of them with a little bit of purulent discharge. They're gonna say this person has a seizure or this person is delirious. Maybe they're overdosing. Whatever it is, you're looking for one of the eight. This is how different we are from everyone else that we find these patterns. Five types of questions, Dr. Zishan, you're crazy. Try it, select all the pies, just a concept. The ones that we're freaking out about, first, initial priority, immediate, most concerning, urgent, blah, 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 blah. What are we freaking out about? Further intervention, teaching, understanding, all these are type of question, right? Your freebies, your farm questions, you either know it or you don't. Your math questions, your order questions, these are the only types of questions on there for the most part, right? All of these things fall into that 90 to 95% of the time, you're gonna find one of these five types of questions. Then we go further into it with the freaking out about the, the first initial priority, urgent, most concerning, report to HCP, blah, 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 blah. Look, I repeat these things over and over again because I want them to get stuck. Every one of my students will tell you this. Dang, Dr. Zishan is repetitive and he's annoying, but it works. On test day, you'll hear my voice. The more you listen to this, the more you watch this, you're gonna be like, man, it draws you back in because what they're going to do on the test, they're gonna give you a situation that you're not familiar with. And then they're gonna say, which one of these patients are you gonna see first? Which one do you see initial? Which one is a priority? Which one are you most concerned about? And you're like, oh man, I did not learn this. However, look for one of the eight. If you find one of the eight, you're golden. You're golden. Who cares what the situation is? Look for one of the eight. If you don't know it, still look for one of the eight in that type of a question. Don't deviate from it. So this is what differentiates us from everything that's out there. These little patterns, these little quick tips. When I tell you, hey, don't fall for antibiotics or blood transfusion when somebody's either septic or hemorrhaging. Instead, know that we're always going to give fluids first. The only time we question fluids is what? Heart failure, SIADH. That's why I put these little quick tips on our Instagram. 
These are patterns. These are patterns that I've figured out over the course of teaching for so many years with so many students. Same type of patterns. This is why people do well with us. They, they don't deviate from it. They're like, oh, wow, this is a great trick. Eight different things I got to look for on that simple type of question. I don't want you to look at it as an overwhelming exam. Just know that you're going to be looking for these things when you see that first initial immediate priority, most concerning, urgent, so on and so forth. So that's prioritization. I know a lot of people have, uh, have been asking about that. This is a great, it's a great asset to have. It's a great pattern that we figured out. I mean, when I started seeing one after the other, after the other, after the other, I was like, oh my goodness, they all fit into one of eight or at least 90 to 95% of the time. Guess what? If you're scoring 90 to 95%, you're passing. Even if you're scoring 50, 60 in other subjects, in something that's so lucrative, you're scoring 90 to 95%, it's going to drag your other scores up. So learn them. Know these. Memorize them. Understand them. Memorize the eight, but understand how they're going to present. Other than that, always stick to the method, and I'll talk about the method in the next video slash podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, Dr. Zishan here. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys could kindly subscribe, leave us some stars, whatever you think it's worth, and leave us a review. We always want to get better for you guys and want to keep putting out this free content for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed. Have a good one. See you on the next podcast.